Okay. This is for Sherry. Anyhow, it's kind of dangerous around here, but I do it anyhow. Um, we're in a little bit different order today, but the most important thing is we're all here to worship Jesus Amen. and to have church and praise and worship, and we're going to get to every bit of that, so it will just take a few minutes to get there. <laughs> First of all, I want, to, I want to remind you guys that we're trying to do... Again. Okay. Okay. So we're changing it again already, but that's okay. Uh, I want to remind everybody that we are doing 50 backpacks for a kind of a depressed area in South Texas where the children can use these. And there's a list out on the desk like this. And just bring it and put it on the desk, what you have. And what we'll do at the end of that is what we still need, we will either as a church or as a love offering buy what else we need and fill these backpacks and send them down with Gabriel down to South Texas to bless this church. And so lest you think we're giving something away, we are. It's missions. Whether we give it to somebody in South Texas that needs it or we send it to Peru or Bolivia or China or wherever, it's missions. Just keep that in mind. It's not, you know, I know a lot of times people say, well, they, they ought to be able to get a backpack. I promise you there's people in this country that cannot even get supper tonight, much less a backpack full of supplies. So... ten dollars is the most and if you catch it on sale at staples or walmart or if you buy online it's cheaper than that so go for, go for that okay your name on a list somewhere. So keep that in mind, that they're there for a reason. On the back, we've changed it. Like we said last week, there's mission opportunities, or not mission, but ministry opportunities. And I'm not going to go through them. They're there for you to read. But just about everything that we're doing in this church could use some help. And out of faith, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to be needing some rural ranger leaders, some missionette leaders, and some Sunday school teachers because we're expecting our church to grow. And when we grow, we need to have these, these teachers in place beforehand so when a kid comes in that needs a teacher, we have a teacher. We don't want to say, well, we'll get you one next week. We want to say, we got one for you now. So anybody that thinks that they're wanting to get into any of that, please pray about it. 
And to be honest with you, I'm not the one to see. Pastor Marcus is. I'll throw him under the bus. He has to make the decision. <laughs> so, but anyhow, that's, that's something that was going to at 7 okay this this is services uh, we also have a Sunday evening service that's not on here for some reason and we have youth group on Wednesday night at 7 but we also have service here uh, August 19th 8.30 a.m. in the fellowship hall men's breakfast free food once again guys free food September 2nd at 8.30 in the fellowship hall that's uh, our next men's Bible study. We had one yesterday. We had great discussion. You guys ought to come and listen to some of the discussion. Some of these guys got some good ideas and some good points on what, what the Word says. Heart to Heart, August 15th. Robin. Okay. So that is August 15th at 6 a.m. Oh, 6 p.m. What well, does it doesn't say? It doesn't say. I'm up at 6. So is, is that the fellowship hall, Robin? Okay, in the fellowship hall. 6 p.m. All right. August the 26th at noon, potluck and games in the fellowship hall. Okay, um, that's, there's a couple of sign-up sheets out on the desk, and one is for the daughter's conference. Um, you need to... Sign up for that in advance. It saves you money if you do. Okay, and also, that's all that I have. I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Marcus. He's got some, and then I'll be back in a minute. Well, before I uh, speak, my wife's got a few announcements she's going to make real quick. Come on. I hope not to have feedback here. Here, I'll stand away from you. Okay. Um, first, I want to say thank you to uh, Kim and Clint for doing the children's and the youth for as long as they they yes. have. Um, they've done a great job. And I also want to say thank you to them for um, allowing me to come in and do the children's ministry. <clears throat> And we're doing something a little bit different. We're calling the uh, Children's uh, Ministry uh, Bible Quest Crewmates for Christ. And they're going to be going on a journey through the Bible to learn the truths of God. And we're kind of going to do a little piratey type thing. And I was really trying to find a pirate costume kind of just for Wednesday nights to show the kids and make it fun. So if you know where I can find a fun little costume that would be great um but august 30th is when we're going to have the kickoff party uh, wednesday night kids ministry will start in september so august 30th we're going to do games and prizes and stuff and just have a lot of fun it'll be at seven o'clock in what, the back classroom so if you have, know any kids that want to come out and have fun and just have a good time um so <laughs> I wrote it out in a pirate talk. Ahoy there, mateys. If you like games, shanties, storytelling, treasure maps, and treasure, then join our crew. 
Venture the Bible with us as we set sail every Sunday morning and Wednesday night. Now, um, one of the things that we're going to do is have a prize box for the kids. And I found little pirate coins, and they're called doubloons. And each week, the kids will earn these doubloons, and they will exchange them in for prizes. Uh, just so that they, you know, can take something with them and apply it, like bringing their Bible, learning the memory verse... Um, having good attendance, bringing a friend, that's a big one. So if you see any little tiny toy or trinket that you think any kids might like, we'd be happy to have some donations for that. We're going to do fundraisers for the children's ministry so that we can purchase these things and do all kinds of fun activities. Which brings me to the fall festival on this right here. We're going to do a fall carnival. And we're going to do trunk or treat. We'll have volunteers that will bring their cars. And you decorate the back trunk of your car a certain theme. And if you can have games or some kind of interaction, that's always good. But we're going to do games. We're going to do prizes, all kinds of stuff. And it's a great way to get out into the community, put our name out there, bring the kids in, bring the people in. So um, on... August 20th, Sunday morning, after church, we're going to have our first meeting. There's a sign-up sheet in the back for anybody who wants to help out. And the more people we have helping, the easier it'll be, the more fun it'll be, and the more exciting it'll be. So it'll be a good time. Um, the other thing is we're going to do a fundraiser for BGMC. We want to build up our missions program and... Boys and Girls Missionary Club is a very important tool that we have. So we're going to do an ice cream social. Who doesn't like ice cream? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't like ice cream. <laughs> um, but the church is going to provide <laughs> Means ice more cream for and me. codes. I, yeah, you can eat it all. That's fine. Um, we're going to do ice cream cones, ice cream bowls, and ice cream sundaes. All the money that you come to purchase ice cream is going to go straight into the um, Boys and Girls Missionary Club Fund. It's going to go straight to them. The kids are going to help serve to get them involved. Um, and I think that's it. And Pastor's got something he's got to talk about. I know we got a lot of announcements this morning. Okay, bear with us. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Okay, a couple things. Uh, because of liability issues with insurance, I know some of you that help out with kids you still have to get another background check done. It's just part of the way it is for insurance reasons. So we have a thing called protectmyministry.com and uh, we purchase it, it's an annual renewal. It only costs $7 to do a background check on you and you stay in the system, which is a wonderful thing. So if we, and then there's videos that we will learn and we have to do that for anybody that's working with kids. Understand this is an insurance thing. So, uh, and we wanna protect our kids, right, amen? We want kids to come in, right? So we're going to reach kids. Um, the second thing is um, we are going to be setting a date soon for a housewarming event because you guys all came and helped us and all that helped with the house. And, and uh, we really appreciate you and we love you. So we're going to have a housewarming. We will set a date for that. We're getting close to getting unpacked. Anybody ever unpacked before? <laughs> it seems like it takes forever. Um, also, we're going to do, yes. You, the dates for what? The 27th. the 27th. Everybody, it shouldn't be the 29th in your bulletin. It should be the 27th. We got the date wrong on that. For the ice cream social. So, that, 
Um, also, we are going to do a safety security meeting. So anybody that's involved in security and safety, a friend of mine, he's a Tulsa police officer. He was a Bigsby police officer for 12 years. He's with the Tulsa Police Department now. He does security for Life Church. And so we're gonna, he's going to come down and do a little seminar on Saturday, the 23rd of September, from 9 o'clock till 1 p.m. And, uh, and so he's going to go over all the things. He's going to tell you the legal things that you're able to do to protect. Because we're living in the days, I believe in the last days, we need to protect our people, right? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this quick because I know we got to get into worship and get worship in the Lord this morning and take up tithes and offerings. Uh, also, um, I want to recognize those, and I didn't do this last week. I recognized the worship team, but I didn't recognize that do the sound booth and do the media center. Can you give them a round of applause for all that they do? <laughs> Listen, that takes a lot of work to do that. Um, I, I look at that, and I'm, I'm like blown away when I go back there and I look at a soundboard. I'm going, I am so glad I don't have to do that. So, all right, I want to turn it over for our morning tithes and offerings, and then we're going to do something right after that, and then we'll make it quick. I've got three announcements I want to read right fast, and then we'll do the tithe. Okay, these are, these are the thank you notes. Thank you so much for all the wonderful goodies you gave to the girls and filled our house with when we moved in. Blessings to you all, Pastor Marcus and Stacy. Brianna, Natalie, and Annabelle. Okay, and as everybody remembers, the ladies took up fill the pantry deal, and they put a lot of stuff out there. And um, thank you for all your hard work, to be honest with you. Uh, thank you for the anniversary gift and cards. We're truly blessed to be your pastors, and we think we're truly blessed to have you here. So we can, we can double up on that. <laughs> okay, and one more. Thank you for helping us unload the moving truck and helping us move in. What a blessing you were and are. Many blessings, Pastor Marcus and family. I'm going to tell you, it was a hot, hot, hot day in that moving truck when we moved him in. So uh, if there hadn't been those of us that were there and he had moved in himself, he would still be passed out out there on the concrete because <laughs> that's how hot it was, believe me. Okay. All right. Thank you for the cards, and we do love you guys. We want you to know that's why we do all this stuff for you, so uh, for the blessings you bring to us also. Okay, gentlemen, with the offering, let's, whoever, somebody, come on. I'm thankful for the guys that are willing to stand up here and do this. You know, uh, this is not much work, but in actuality, it's a ministry, and these guys are willing to come up here and serve you guys and do this, and we appreciate everything that they do up here and help out. Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day. We pray, Lord, that you'll watch over us, keep us safe, keep us well, Heavenly Father. We know, Lord, that you are here if we will just show up to be here with you, Heavenly Father. For all the things that you do for us that are truly blessings, we want to bless you now by taking this offering in your name and for your glory. In Christ's precious name, amen.
Okay, I know we've had a lot of announcements this morning. Thank you for bearing with us. Hey, that's good. That means there's a lot going on, right? Okay. Um, I want to recognize we have some new members. And so they were voted in recently. Yeah. I would like to call uh, Tim Dickinson and Kara Dickinson. Are they here today? They might be gone this weekend. So if they're not, we, we can recognize them when they're here. Um, let me get all these... And then I'd like to recognize John H. Cooney. Did I, did I pronounce it right, Shauna? Keeney. I'll get this. And then Shauna Keeney, would you come up here? And I, I know John's back there helping with the ties. Would you guys give him a round of applause? This is a certificate of membership. Yay. And just uh, we want to recognize you as new members. And then, like I said, when... Uh, uh, Tim and uh, Kara are here next week. We'll do the same with them. So thank you. God bless you. Yay. Let... Here, for your husband. All right, would you please stand as we get ready to worship the Lord this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this wonderful morning. We honor you. We praise you. As you said, come into the house with shouts of praise and with singing and lifting up the name of Jesus. Yes, we're going to shout this morning. Miss Kara, this one's for you. <laughs> Well, I woke up this morning and found I woke up with heaven on my mind I woke up with joy in my soul Heaven on my mind, and now I'm feeling mighty fine. I've been walking with Jesus all the time. I'm walking and talking as I climb. We're traveling a road to the sky where I know I live when I die. He's been telling me all about that land. And he tells me that everything is grand. And he says that a home will be mine. And now I'm feeling mighty fine. You know I'm feeling mighty fine. I've got heaven on my mind. Don't you know I want to go where the milk and honey flow. There's a light that always shines down inside this heart of mine. I've got heaven, heaven on my mind. And now I'm feeling mighty fine. And I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, yes, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right, be all right. 
Let's sing that one more time. I've got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Oh Lord, I've got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Oh yes, I've got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Be alright, be alright, be alright. Be alright, be alright, be alright. Hallelujah. I think they like that one. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, God. For that feeling, Lord, that everything is going to be all right. We submit ourselves and lay everything at your feet, Father. We have nothing else to worry about. God, we believe for miracles in this service this morning. God, not only for in this sanctuary, God, but outside of these walls, Father, use us, God. Use us, Father, to be your hands and feet, Lord, as we leave this building today. We thank you in the name of Jesus. They say this mountain can be moved. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. We've heard that there is no way through. We've heard the tide will never change But they haven't seen what you can do There is power in your name So much power in your name Move the immovable Break the unbreakable God, we believe, God, we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a miracle. God, we believe, God, we believe for it. We know that hope is never lost for there is still an empty grave God we believe no matter what there is power in your name so much power in your name move the the unbreakable God we believe God we believe for it from the impossible we'll see a miracle God we believe God we believe for it yes we believe Lord oh we believe 
be no way. We trust in you, Lord, you have the final say. You are the way when there seems to be no way. We trust in you, Lord, you have the final say. Sing that again. You are the way when there seems to be no way. We trust in you, Lord, you have the final say. You have the final say. Move the immovable, break the unbreakable. God, we believe. God, we believe for it from the impossible. We'll see a miracle. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. Move the immovable. Break the unbreakable. God, we believe. God, we believe for it from the impossible. We'll see a miracle. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. God, we believe for it. Oh, we believe for it, Lord. Yes. Oh, we believe for it, Lord. Oh, we believe for it, Lord. Oh, we trust you, God. Let's sing that chorus one more time. Move the Break the unbreakable, God, we believe, God, we believe for it from the impossible. We'll see a miracle, God, we believe, God, we believe for it. Oh, we believe, we believe. song this morning. It's pretty simple. The words and the chorus, I want y'all to catch on really fast because this is so good. This is such a moving song. It's compiled of scripture from one of my old favorite songs that my mama used to sing all the time. So we're going to try it for y'all this morning. I hope y'all like it. Jesus is mine. He's been my fourth man in the fire, time after time. Born of his spirit and washed in his blood. And what he did for me on Calvary is more than enough. I trust in God, my 
Never fail. 
spirit this morning we're just gonna wait I know waiting is the hardest part for us waiting on answers but I would tell you this morning that if you're seeking his face and if you trust and you have faith and the answer will come it's not always gonna be the way you want it but if we're open-minded enough to trust him and his plan that whatever we're seeking for and we're asking that he's gonna work it out in his way we just have to trust the process. We just have to believe in our heart when we ask that it's not always going to be the way we want it. But He will hear us and He will answer us because we trust Him and we're going to walk in faith. Father, this morning I ask that you would just strengthen our faith this morning, God. Open our hearts and our minds, God, for what you have planned for us, God. Father, we ask this morning that you would just broaden our expectations, Father, of your answers. In Jesus' name, Pastor, you want to go ahead? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, You know, Jesus. as I was uh, praying and worshiping, I just want to share this real quick with you for somebody this morning. Jesus doesn't just give a rope to get you out of what you're in. He offers his hand. When Peter was sinking in the water, you know, he got out of the boat. That took faith. He got out of the boat and he walked on the water. He's the only other man than Jesus to walk on the water. But when he saw the wind, he become, became afraid and he began to sink. And he cried out to the Lord. And Jesus offered his hand. And he pulled him up. Father, for whoever that is this morning, you're not far off that you can't help them. You're not far off that you can't save them, encourage them, strengthen them. Jesus, when Peter called out to you, he said, save me, Lord. And you saved him. You reached down into that water and you grabbed him by the hand. Jesus, you can do that with whoever it is this morning that needs to hear that that you are their rescuer. You're the tower that we can run to.
and be safe. You're the rock on which we can stand. You're our anchor. You're our hope. Encourage them this morning, Lord. And remind them that you are faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Father, again, we thank you for this morning. Lord, as we get ready to dive into your word, give us understanding, give us insights, open up the eyes of our hearts so that we can see your word. And we ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. I'd like to dismiss the kids to uh, go back and thank you for the worship team. And um, Well, good morning. Boy, it was nice and cool this morning. Oh, man, I went outside. I went, praise the Lord, I can leave the dog out. <laughs> well, it's good to be here this morning. It's good to see you guys. God bless you. Um, we're going to be looking at a series. I'm going to be going through a series on the book of Philippians. Uh, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 11. And I've just titled the message, Addressing Others. And it should be in a bigger font. I apologize for that. And I want to say thank you to the media because uh, if you'll notice, we're still learning a new system. So it takes a little bit to get out the cobwebs. And uh, you can blame me for that. So, all right. If you have your Bibles, would you open up with me to the book of, book of Philippians? I had a lady in uh, Washington. If you ever have problems with the knowing what book to go to, uh, you could always use the acronym, Go Eat Potato Chips. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. So, I still use that today. All right. Philippians chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 1 through 11, and then we're going to pray. Verse 1, it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. Whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is true. It is God-breathed. Uh, Lord, I pray that as we learn your word this morning, as we learn on how Paul addressed the other believers, how he addressed those that he had ministered to and the church that he had planted, God, I pray that you would teach us to do the same. Despite our circumstances, let us have the same attitude, the same heart, that the Apostle Paul had. Father, as your vessel this morning, I could do nothing apart from you. Speak through me. Do what you want to do this morning. And we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. I want to give you a little history on the Church of Philippi. 
Uh, first of all, this is the prison that Paul, most scholars believe that Paul was in. It's the Maritime prison. It's in Rome. And uh, uh, it was right next to the, uh, where the, the, the athletes would run. And he was chained to this wall. And in fact, most uh, scholars believe that the sewage would go right through that. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm not chained to a wall in a hole where sewage goes through. Um, so most believe and, and passed down from uh, uh, our church fathers that this is where the Apostle Paul was. Uh, look at the ceiling. There's no light. And yet Paul writes this book in this place. Little history. The name of the prison, again, is the Mamertine Prison in Rome, Italy. Again, Mamertine Prison was no exception. People were simply thrown into the cells and forgotten about while waiting their execution. So Paul was awaiting his execution. Sometimes people died of starvation long before the sentences were carried out. Uh, you probably can't read that, and I'll read it to you because of the font. The purpose of these holding cells was to keep the prisoner for a short amount of time. No matter how short the sentence, those unlikely enough to end up here, in there, were met by the most horrific environment. Conditions in these dungeons were closer to a sewage tank than a prison cell. This is exactly where he was. This is Philippi on Paul's journeys. There are four reasons that Paul wrote the letter to the Philippians. Number one, Paul wanted to thank the church for their financial help and to inform them of his current circumstances. Number two, to encourage them that his imprisonment was not something bad, but something God was using to further the kingdom. And we're going to talk about that this morning. Sometimes your circumstances, God is going to use to further his kingdom. Number three, he wanted to reassure the church that his messenger, Epaphroditus, would faithfully fulfill his duty and return to them. And number four, finally, he wanted to give the church counsel on several issues to motivate them to live in unity, fellowship, peace, and to pursue the Lord. What's interesting, too, is this church was founded in, in a town called again, Philippi, which was in the Aegean Sea. It was named after Alexander the Great's father, King Philip II, was highly respected by Roman and military post. It was also known as, uh, uh, they had what they called the Italic Rite, which means they were exempt from taxes, and they were recognized as Roman citizens. And of course, this was also, again, this was a city formed by Roman soldiers. So... Let's look at the first thing. How should we address ourselves to others? The Apostle Paul addresses them, and he's speaking again. Remember, these are, this was a church he founded on his second missionary journey. And he says this, Paul and Timothy, verse 1, servants of who? Christ Jesus. Uh, you know, even as other believers and to other believers and to non-believers, we should not be ashamed of who we serve. When we address others, and now sometimes you don't always have to tell them. They should see it by the way you live your life. I'll give you an example. When I was in the service, when you're in the military, if you don't drink and party, you're not a part of the group. When I joined the Air Force, first thing I did is I found a church. I opened up a phone book. I went, found VCC, and I, uh, Valley Christian Center walked in. I knew that's where God wanted me. It was an Assemblies of God church. And I attended church right away. A lot of the guys that had served the Lord that I, that I served with, they ended up falling away from the Lord, getting into drinking and partying, and, and a lot of them stopped going to church. 
But if you don't party and drink, you're not, they, they look at you as not part of the group, like you're ostracizing yourself or that you're better than them. So my first two years in the service was, it was a very difficult time. And I remember at the end of my time in the Air Force, I remember one of the guys that gave me such a hard time. We were in the car together. I was driving him back to the shop and I asked him, I said, why were you so hard on me? And he goes, because I felt convicted around you all the time. I didn't even have to preach to him. I didn't have to tell him that I was a Christian. When God's Spirit fills you, it says the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. A lot of times the persecution you're getting is because they sense God's presence on your life. So Paul addresses this church and he calls themselves in Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Now we've talked about this on Sunday nights. We're going through the book of James. Paul humbly again uh, addresses himself and, and he mentions, don't be ashamed of your relationship with Christ. I mentioned that, but I want to get to the, to the points. I'm going through some scriptures here. Sorry, I'm kind of going ahead of myself. Um, uh, if, don't worry about that. Sometimes my notes mess me up. I'd rather just talk. <laughs> don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed of who you serve. Don't be afraid of it. Expect, Jesus says that you will expect insults and, and people will accuse you. If they persecuted him, you will be persecuted too. The word servant there of Christ Jesus is the word where we get bond servant from. And it literally means that you're serving a master. When you get saved, you serve somebody. When you gave your life to Jesus, you signed up for God's army. And you raised your right hand in a sense, or you gave your heart to him, and you said, today, Jesus, you're going to be the Lord and master of my life. Paul mentions that. Now, it's interesting that he writes this letter while he's in prison. And the theme of the book of Philippians is joy. But pastor, he's chained to a wall where there's sewage. Yet he writes a letter and he says, this is joy. The whole theme of the book of Philippians is about joy. Do you guys know what the difference between happiness and joy is? Happiness is an English word where we get the word happenstance from. It means I'm only happen, happy for a minute. I buy something, I feel excited, right? I need a new, brand new pair of shoes. No, I don't need a pair of brand new shoes. You're looking at my shoes. But if you need a brand new pair of shoes, I'm using that as an example. You want a brand new pair of shoes, you get a brand new pair of shoes. Oh, they look great. They're nice until you step in mud, right? Happiness is fleeting. But joy is forever. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. And joy comes from God. It's a supernatural thing. It comes from Him. There's a difference. So Paul is writing from his relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at this book. And we're going to go through and see why he's so joyful about it. You guys don't mind not looking at the overhead today, do you? I've got them up there, but I've kind of just, like I said, went off my overhead. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 through 9 says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord nor of me, his prisoner, 
But share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So Paul says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure with him, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Are you faithful to the Lord? Are you happy that you're a believer? Do people know that you're a Christian? I mean, there's been times I've been in the car, and I'm listening to worship, and, and I don't care what people think, and I'm just... Going to town, one day I got at a stoplight and a guy looked at me and he looked at me strange. I turned to him and I smiled and I just started praising the Lord more. Yeah. Hey, if people can get excited for a football team, then why can't we get excited for Jesus? Chuck Swindoll, one of my favorite preachers, was talking about that one day. He, he was preaching on the radio and I, I won't ever forget this. He said he was in a Volkswagen with his kids and his three daughters were in the back and they were singing a song about Jesus. And if you're saved and you know it, clap your hands. And they were clapping together and, and they're stomping their feet. If, you know, if you're saved and you know it, stomp your feet. And they stomped their feet. They're at the light and he said he turned to his left and there was a couple there looking at him weird. And as they drove off, they drove ahead of him and they had a, they had a Christian sticker on the back of their car. The next thing is, is when you do share Jesus with others and you let them know, don't be weird about it. Do you know what I mean by weird? Yeah. Shoving it down their throat. Now, I was talking about being weird of singing. That's different. But when you're talking to somebody, you don't have to be strange and weird about it. You don't have to act weird. Am I getting anybody here this morning? I've had some people, they, they just, I remember one time we were, Driving dump truck. It's when I worked for Tulsa County. God used that time for me to spend a lot of time with him. When you're in a dump truck by yourself, you have a lot of time with Jesus. And I uh, stopped with some guys. I'd been ministering to them in my shop. And we stopped at a Wendy's there in, near uh, Sepulpa. And uh, there was a guy there. He just came over and he was just strange and weird about it. And there's nothing wrong with preaching the gospel, but you could tell it was turning off my friends. And I felt like the, the, the time and that I administered to them was starting to, to, to have an ill effect of this guy. And finally, I just interrupted him. I said, hey, can, can, you, can you stop? We're, we're eating lunch here. And he asked me, well, do you know Jesus? I said, I do know Jesus. And I do share Jesus. But not while I'm eating lunch. So don't be weird about it. Francis of Assisi said this, do all you can to preach the gospel and if necessary, Use words. Your life can demonstrate more about Jesus than saying a few words. Now, that doesn't negate the idea of sharing the gospel. you got to share it. But does your life reflect that of that of Christ? Lord, I, I, I don't mind being transparent with you because I'm not perfect. But the Lord's been working on me and, 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 and reminding me that how I... Act around my kids is just as vital and as important as how I act outside the house. I heard a message recently where it says, are you a saint outside the home and a devil at home? So it's a reminder of how we need to change.
So don't be weird. Tell them with both words and actions. Second, build relationships first. Build relationships. Talk to people. We built some relationships. I'm not going to mention their name, but Stacy and I have some really good friends. They used to call me the Walmart preacher because I go to Walmart. That's how I like to meet people. Walmart's my happening place. I don't know what it is about Walmart. It's cheap, it's fun, and you get to meet a lot of people. And you get to window shop. But we built a relationship with this couple. They haven't come to Christ yet, but we built relationships with them. And something God reminded me from the beginning is don't use them as a platform just to get them to Jesus. Build relationships and be friends with them. Then again, I've already mentioned your fruits will demonstrate who you serve. When we share the gospel, we should follow Peter's instructions. So go with me to 1 Peter. Hold your spot here. 1 Peter chapter 3. Remember, Peter, uh, Paul is writing this letter while he's in prison to this church. And his first thing that he's mentioning is his relationship with Jesus. So 1 Peter chapter 3. I got the words up here. I don't think I do. So 1 Peter chapter 3, look at verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Peter says this, he says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your heart set Christ apart as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So number one, he says, don't be afraid. Anybody ever been afraid to share the gospel with somebody? You know, I like to share it on a regular basis, but there's times I'm afraid. I admit it. You have to get over those fears, right? What if they reject me? Remember, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting who? Christ. Second, be prepared to give an answer. Look what he says in verse 15. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord, always be what? Prepared. Are you prepared this morning to share the gospel with somebody else? How do you prepare yourself? You get to know the Word of God. You spend time with Jesus, right? If you don't know the Word, how can you share it with others? So, I think I stated this last week. I don't know if I told you this, but on our anniversary date that Stacy and I, did I share this with you last Sunday about when, yeah, I think it was on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday night? Last, last, uh, last week, Stacy and I had our 15th wedding anniversary. And we went to Napoli's, great, good restaurant. And this is where Stacy and I had had our anniversary up in Tulsa. So we wanted to go to Napoli's. It was here in town. And we're in there and we're eating and there's nobody in there. And a young lady came up and she just starts spilling her beans to us. She starts telling of issues in her life. And so Stacy and I start sharing the gospel with her. And before we left that store, we led her to Jesus. And right after we led her to Christ, people came into the store. God has perfect time. Here's a time for Stacy and I. Be prepared. This is our anniversary date, right? We're, we're there for us. Remember, we're here for Jesus, not for us. So 
We're prepared. And so we start sharing our heart. We pray with her. And then we left and went and got her a Bible and took it to her. And she needed that that day. Always be prepared to give an answer. And you're prepared when you read the word and you practice it. Just try it sometime. Just ask them if somebody, the one I always use, and people get annoyed by me this, but I always say, do you go to church? Now listen, this is the South. So everybody sometime in their life has probably went where? To church. So you, I always cut the ice. Hey, do you go to church? And this is their excuse. Well, I haven't been for a while. Or I just don't have Sundays off anymore. When that's true, sometimes in our society today, people's jobs affect it. But it always cuts the ice, and then it's an opportunity to share the gospel. When we share the gospel, too, share with gentleness and respect. Peter said, right here, look what he says. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to, prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Again, don't shove it down their throat. Listen, I'm not against street preachers. People need to hear the gospel, and some people need that. But when you do it, don't tell them, hey, you're, you're going to hell. They probably already know that, especially down here, right? <laughs> Just be kind and compassionate. Remember where you were when you got saved. The day I got saved, I was out playing with my friend. I wasn't looking for Jesus that day. God will draw them. It says the Father draws them into the Son. God does the work. We're just the vessels that He used. Do you want to be God's hands and feet? That's the thing. God used me. Guess what? He will use you. I've been praying for divine appointments. He's been giving them to me. So when God, when you pray for divine appointments, be prepared for God to answer that divine appointment. Right? Finally, look at this. Live what you believe by good behavior. Live what you believe by your good behavior. Do people recognize that you serve the Lord? I've already mentioned this. Are you a devil at home and a saint out in public? Or are you both? That goes for me too, right? I'm right there with you. Ask God. The, the Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that you're working to get saved. It means that once you get saved, you work on that relationship that you have with Jesus. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased trees bear bad fruit. Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 through 18. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. What fruit are you showing? So again, how does Paul describe himself in Timothy? He describes them as servants of Christ. Again, the, the word servant means bond servant. It comes from the Greek word doulos, which means to be devoted to another, to the disregard of one's own interest, a slave, a servant. It also meant one purchased and owned by a master or lord. How many of you guys have been purchased by Jesus this morning? He, he bought you with a price, it says. Your body is not your own, is what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 18. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Honor God with your life. 
Everywhere you go, do you help people? Do you minister? I remember the day when you would open up a door for a lady when she'd go through a store. Or you'd go help somebody. You know what? I, this is not to point me out because you're not supposed to let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. But you know what I do sometimes? We were at the Walmart out here. And there was a lady that needed help. She needed one of those carts. I could see her barely walking to the door. We were driving. You know, we're, it, it's crowded over at Walmart. They need another Walmart in town or something. Or a bigger one. But, you know, you're driving out to go, I think is that Merrick Drive there? And I stopped and I put the flashers on and I ran out to her and I said, do you need a, one of those carts? She said, oh yes, would you get one for me? I just put my flashers on. People can go around. And I ran in there and I got that car and wheeled it out to her to help her. You never know. The Bible says that we entertain angels. You never know. Maybe you're that angel somebody needs. Paul address, Paul's address and letter was intended for both the congregants and the leaders of the church. Let's go back to Philippians. Sometimes I hate technology. My font's messing up. I fixed it right. It just... Ugh. Remember the old days you didn't have to worry about all that stuff? Well, you guys are seeing it just fine, but I look back at mine and it's messed up. As long as you guys can see fine. So Paul addresses, his, his letters addressed to both the leaders of the church and the people. Look what he says, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons. He's addressing not only the people within the church, he's addressing the deacons and overseers, where we get the word bishop, where we get the word pastor. So see, he's addressing this letter to the whole church. And then he says something to them. How should we address others with kindness? He starts off by saying, look, verse 2, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul mentions this on several of his letters. Now the word peace uh, in, in those days, um, I'll mention that here in a minute, but the word peace is shalom, where we get, it's a Hebrew word, shalom. Uh, a lot of Jews would often use that in those days. They would sh say shalom, right? Peace be to you. In fact, when I went to Saudi Arabia, the Arabics use salam alikum, alikum salam. It means peace to you. And so in the Middle East, they still do this. The word grace was something used in the early church as, as a sign to the Gentiles. Hey, favor and grace. So Paul mixes those two together. And he basically says God's grace on you and God's peace and prosperity. Barnes says this, in this place and in similar places, in the beginning of the apostolic epistles, it seems to be a word including all those blessings that are applicable to the Christian in common denoting an ardent wish that all the mercies and favors of God for time and eternity blended under the general name grace may be conferred on them. Now that's a lot of lingo there, but basically he's saying blessings on you. Guys, how do you bless your enemies? How do you bless those relatives that drive you nuts? Or that person that's annoying you? Or that person that irritates you. Jesus says it's easy to bless those that bless you back. But real love is blessing those that don't bless you back. Loving your enemies. I remember in the service, I've shared this before, but uh, in the service oftentimes there were some individuals in my shop I didn't like. So you know what I'd do? I'd buy them a drink every morning. I'd buy them a pop. We had a refrigerator 
and you could pay 50 cents and get a soda pop out of there. And I would buy them soda pops. And eventually they stopped messing with me. <laughs> a kind word turns away wrath. Peace is the state of freedom from war, as war conveys the idea of discord and numberless calamities and dangers. So peace is the opposite and conveys the idea of concord or, or safety and prosperity. Thus, to wish one peace was the same as to wish him all safety and prosperity. This form of salutation was common among the Hebrews. Again, the Hebrew word peace is shalom, which means completeness, soundness, or well-being, or security. Do you pray that over others? Do you speak that over others? Do you tell that to other believers? I hope God just blesses you. I hope he keeps, brings you completeness or wholeness in your life. James, we're in the book of James again on Sunday nights. And one of the things he talks about in the book of James, James chapter 3, is the tongue is like a spark that sets a whole forest on fire. With it, we bless men and we curse them. Oh, they're so wonderful. And then behind their back, we're doing what? And we're all guilty of it. If we say we haven't, then we're all sinners this morning, right? And we just all lied. It's called slander. It's called gossip. We say good things about them to their face, but behind their back, we say bad things. And he says this should not be. Salt water and spring water can't flow from the same place. The Greek word charis is the word for grace, which is spontaneous, undeserved, loving kindness of God towards men. God's favor towards you. You and I don't deserve heaven. I'm going to tell you right now, none of us deserve to be in heaven. None of us deserve to be forgiven. You were born into sin. I know this because my youngest daughter, when she was probably about eight months old, she grabbed... Stacey will probably say she was a little older. I don't remember. But she grabbed a knife and she ran and hid it behind her back. We had never told her that knives were bad. But inside, she knew that what? That knife was wrong. That she shouldn't have it. We're born into sin. And yet God, when, he died, when Jesus died on the cross, and he took his last breath and he said, It is finished. And the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom, which means it was a God thing in the temple. And when God did that and Jesus ascended to heaven, guess what? We are forgiven. Grace has been opened up. There is a, a, there is a story that the, the Jews are really good at taking, uh, keeping history. And they, they said after that temple, that curtain was torn in the temple, that the doors to the temple would open up on their own. And they couldn't shut it. Every day they'd have to go shut the temple and it would open up. And what that was is God was saying the access to him is open. Through Christ. Again, how should we address others? With kindness. Address them that you're a bondservant of Jesus. Address them with kindness. So how should we address others? Number three. Sorry, these are other scriptures. There we go. How should we address others? With thanksgiving and prayer. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 says this, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all per perseverance, making supplication for the saints. Look with me in verse 3. 
Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with what? Joy. How many of us pray for others? How many of us thank God for others? How many of us pray for others? Literally just pray. And then say, God, I pray for them. I pray for their well-being. I pray with joy that they, that Lord, they're a joy to me. You know, God brings in people into your life for a reason and a purpose. He brings them into your life. And even if they're a rough person that's rubbing, rubbing off the rough edges, there's a reason for it. Iron sharpens what? Iron. So, he says this. Ephesians 6, 17, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Be kind to one another. Are you kind to others? Are you showing kindness? Are you showing thanksgiving and prayer? Do you pray for others? Are we thankful for those God has placed in our lives? Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. I read that again on purpose. Next one, Paul prayed with joy. Look at this. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. How many of you guys pray with joy? Do you pray with joy? Is it fun to pray? Is this making sense this morning? Because... I, I, listen, I, I get it. This is, this is, this is uh, Christianity 101. Praying with joy. When I get out here and I pray in the morning, on, I come up here at 8 o'clock in the morning, I try to get here and I pray in here and I pray for you guys and I pray for the, 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 the pews and I pray for your situations. I pray with joy. Why? Because in the presence of God is fullness of what? Joy. There's times like, like, like you remember a few Sundays ago when God moved in here. And there's times of refreshing from the Lord. Pray with joy. Even that person that rubs you wrong. God, I pray that you bless them. Yes. He says when you pray blessing on your enemies, it says heaps of coal will come down on. You know what that is? That's conviction. God will begin to convict. God will change your circumstances and change that person's attitude towards you. Do we pray begrudgingly? Some words are hard to say, aren't they? Do we pray begrudgingly for others or do we look forward to praying for them? We should pray for other believers because we are partners in the gospel of the kingdom. Look with me in verse 4 again. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Let me mention something here. I, I know I'm kind of getting off a little bit this morning, but... When you pray for others, remember, when you're, when you're sitting next to another believer in Christ, you're not only made in God's image, but we're all part of the body of Christ. And so we need to be careful what we say about others. That means when we pray, we should be praying blessing on them, not curses. We shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't uh, go to prayer time and pray for blessing and then go over to Nancy such and such. and say, no, I, There is a Nancy in here, so that wasn't meaning you. But I just used that name. But going over to such and such, say, did you see what they did or how they acted or what they're doing? That really bothered me. Instead, pray for them. Bless them. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 13 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, 
All the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That means, hey, listen, we better get along now because in heaven we're going to be together. How about that person you haven't forgiven for a while that hurts you in church? Do you know why church splits happen? A lot of times it's misunderstandings. Yeah. I think it was James Dobson said that a lot of the times that uh, uh, strife and arguments happen is because of misunderstandings. Right. I realize that with my girls. Remember, I've got three daughters. And a guy doesn't always understand how a woman thinks. <laughs> I'm just being honest. So there's sometimes there's misunderstandings. And, and all of a sudden it gets tenacious and it gets tough and, and you start fighting and, and, and squabbling. And, and before you know it, I have to take a step back. One, I have a wonderful wife who, who's calm in spirit and inter, intervenes and she comes in and I have to take time away. And then we come together and find out all the argument was because we misunderstood each other. That's how fights start between a husband and wife because we think different ways. I recommend you to go watch a thing by, uh, it's called Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage by Mark Gunger. And he talks about how we are different. Listen, all of us are different this morning. You know how they say opposites attract? We're all opposites. We, yeah, I get there's some that are talkers and some that are quiet. And it seems like God puts them together. But that's not always the case. In the body of Christ, we've got to get along now. Satan says, or Jesus says that Satan comes to divide, doesn't he? If a house divided amongst itself can't stand, what do you think is happening to our nation today? Division. So Paul, again, remember, he's writing this letter while he's in prison. And he's writing it to this church to encourage them. And he wants them to know, I'm praying for you. And I'm praying for you for joy. And I'm thanking God for you. And I want you to know, keep serving Christ. Don't be ashamed of who you are. Guys, that's how we should be in our walk with Jesus. You know somebody that hasn't been in church for a while that's struggling in their walk? Remind them that you love them. Remind them that God loves them. Remind them that serving Jesus is the greatest thing that you could ever do. And that brings us to the next. How should we address others, ourselves to others? Words of affirmation. Listen to this. This is Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And that applies not only to you, but to me today. We've already talked about this, but are you giving words of affirmation to others? Are you saying those things which build them up? Or are you saying things that tear them down? Right. You may think, well, what does this have to do with Philippians? Remember, Paul is an example to us. Yeah. He may not have been there, but he's writing a letter as though he were speaking to them. Right. And then Paul expresses his confidence in their salvation. Look at me in verse 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I love this. Some of you guys need to know that. God began the work in you. God did the work. Not you, 
Not me, not the person that led you to Jesus. It was all God. God did the work. And what God began in you, he will finish. Doesn't that make you feel affirmed this morning? That God's going to finish what he started? God's in it for the long haul. God doesn't quit on you. Even if you have wayward kids, God's not going to quit on them. I'm not going to share the name, but we had a, a young man up in uh, uh, Washington that we had been praying for. And he'd been in my youth group, and his, uh, his family was in our church. His, his, his uh, dad was on our board, and he got to that point where he just kind of rebelled. And we all kind of go through that rebellious stage, don't we? And he, re- he got to a point where he rebelled and didn't want anything to do with God. And yet we, start, we kept praying for him. We knew God wasn't done with him. We knew God wasn't going to give up on him. Now we've come full circle, and guess what? He's reading his Bible. He's back in church. He's serving the Lord. He loves Jesus. This was all in a time frame of three years, and yet God worked. God can work in your relative's life. He can work in your grandkids, in your kids' life. He can work in your family's life. He can do it. God's not going to quit. Who he, he who began a good work will finish it. Keep praying. Keep standing. How many of you guys know who John Wesley is? John Wesley's mom and Charles Wesley. Charles, Charles Wesley wrote like over 10,000 hymns or something like that. That's a God work. Anybody write hymns or songs? I mean, I can imagine like 10,000 of them. But his mom had quiet times with the Lord. She had 19 kids. Do you know how she spent time with the Lord? She would take her dress and put it over her head. She would. That was her quiet room. And, and John even writes that he said, we, we knew when mom was in her prayer closet because when she put that over her head, not to mess with mama. we got to get into prayer for other people. We need to start praying for other Christians. We need to take the example of Paul. Listen, remember where he's at. I want you to get a picture of this. He is chained in a hole in the ground. You saw the picture of the jail that we believe that he was in. And yet he is praying for other believers. He's praying for, their, for, for, their, for not only their encouragement, but praying that they succeed. He's, he's thanking God for them. He's doing it with joy. That tells you where he was in his walk with the Lord, maturity. We need to check where we're at with God in our maturity. And and again, I'm speaking to myself. We, I say we because plural, that's us. We all need to be accountable to the Lord and to each other. We're going to give an account one day. We will give an account one day. To the Lord. And I want to hear good, well done, good and faithful what? Servant. I want to read a couple scriptures here. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. I like one translation uses the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
It says right here, he who began a good work, right? Philippians 1, 6. Right here it says he's the author and finisher of what? Your faith. If you're going through a difficult time right now, God is with you. He will not abandon you. He won't leave you alone. He's going to help you through it. He talks about perseverance. Run with perseverance with your eyes fixed on who? In fact, I like this one. It says, looking to Jesus. One translation says fixed. That word fixed means all your attention on Jesus. You're having a difficult time. You're going through a rough time right now. Where's your attention? Where's your focus? Who are you looking to? Are you looking to Jesus? Are you looking to your circumstances? Are you looking to others? Look to Jesus. When we got saved, we all were put into a race. Listen, it's not about how fast you run the race. It's if you stay in the race. Paul says, I have finished the race. It's not how you begin, it's how you end. We watched it, it's called the, 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 the toughest race on earth. Anybody know who Bear Grylls is? Oh, I like this guy, man. He takes live snakes, bites their head off, and eats them live. I'm sorry, that could probably gross some of you out. My wife hates snakes, she runs. She runs from snakes. But Bear Grylls, he's got this, he, 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 he's, the, he's the guy that's in charge of this whole race, and it's the toughest race on earth. They have Ironman racers that do this, and, and a lot of them couldn't finish the race. It's the ones that, some of them didn't even care if they won. They just wanted to finish the race. Guys, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And while you're running that race with your eyes fixed on Jesus, Jesus is right there with you helping you finish it. He's right there guiding you along, helping you, strengthening you and encouraging you. First Peter, look at this. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy. I'm so glad God has mercy. He gives us what we don't deserve. We deserve hell, but He doesn't give it to us. That's mercy. He has a, caused us to be born again into a living hope. Your salvation today is not a dead hope. It's a living hope. Can I tell you, each one of you, if you're born again this morning, you have hope inside of you that the world doesn't have? You have a living hope. That's why even in your bad days, you can pray and say, God, I need your strength. And guess what? God will come along and give you strength. God will give you words of encouragement. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. God's got treasures and rewards for us in heaven. I love that song, I have a mansion in heaven. Everybody know that hymn? I love that hymn. There is a mansion in heaven. Kept in heaven for you, who by God's power being guarded through faith for the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That word guarded is a Greek word which means a, God puts a military garrison around you. It literally is the idea of a military garrison taking you from one point to the finish point. God surrounds us with His angels. He surrounds us with His power to get us from point A to point B, from this earth to heaven. I call this boot camp down here. It is. It's spiritual boot camp. And God will see you through it. 
My first two weeks in boot camp was horrible. The first day you get up with your hair, I still remember, they got a picture, of all the pictures they got of me, it was my hair going <laughs> And to make matters worse, my canteen was cracked, so I was leaking water all over my legs. <laughs> and you get up in the morning and they start, they took soap, I remember them kicking our beds over and taking soap and throwing it on the, on the floors. And, and, and you got to understand, we had to keep the floors waxed and clean. We had to polish the chrome and we'd step over the chrome so that when we'd have inspections, you were only allowed three demerits in your wall locker, which means anytime a little string was on your uniform, that was a demerit and you would fail. We had to iron, get this, I had to iron my underwear. I know my wife would be rolling her eyes that I said that. We had to iron our t-shirts in six inch squares. Why am I saying all this? Uh, pay attention to detail. Boot camp is to teach you discipline. Do you know where we get the word disciple from? Discipline. You're all disciples of Christ. That means we're to be disciplined. And boot camp's tough. It's not always easy. But one of these days, it's going to pay off. And Jesus is going to see us through. He's guarding us. So how should we address ourselves the other? Number one, address yourself. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Don't be ashamed that you're a believer in Jesus. Be excited about it. If you're ashamed, you need to check your relationship with the Lord. I had one person when I did a, a series on the signs of the times that we're living in. Uh, one, one individual said, well, I'm just tired of this doom and gloom. It's only doom and gloom if you're not saved. Let me say that again. It's only doom and gloom if you're not saved. If you're saved, this is exciting times. You need to count it as a blessing that we're living in these times. Because we're, gonna, we're living in the times when we're going to hear a trumpet call. And we're going to be taken. I honestly believe that. Now listen, I don't know the day or the hour. Again, I told you last week, run from those that set dates. But I can see the signs. I, I wanted to show a video sometime. I'm going to show it. But I was listening to Jan Markell this weekend, Michelle Bachman. Anybody know who Michelle Bachman was? She ran for president in 2012. She was a senator for Minnesota. And she's talking about this digital currency that's coming this year. Listen, she knows this stuff because she worked in the government. And they showed a clip of a guy in Great Britain going into an Aldi's. And there was glass walls there with these iPads. And you could not go in unless you had your COVID shot and a COVID ID. You cannot buy or sell without that COVID ID. And, that, and Europe has just passed this. And guess who wants to do it next? Why do I say all this? Because we're living in short time. We need to not be ashamed of who we serve. We need to make sure that we're right with Jesus because he's going to come out an hour when we don't expect it. Uh, the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because I study this and I'm seeing what's going on. And guys, we are living in the last days. And people don't know enough about it. And we need to be prepared because that trumpet is going to blow. God keeps his promises. So, how should we address ourselves to others as servants of Christ? With kindness. Are you kind to people? You know what they said? They just did a survey, and I'll make this quick because I know it's almost noon. But they did a survey just recently. You know who they say are the worst tippers? Christians. We should be the best tippers. Do you know, you know waitresses? I read an article recently. They said the worst 
and I'm not here to pick on Christians. Understand that. Because we're all believers, right? I'm just saying that we need to, we need to live like we believe it. But they, 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 I read an article just recently, and they said that waitresses and waiters hate Sundays. Because where do we always go after a Sunday service? We go out to eat. We're the most demanding, the most unhappy. I mean, I was just reading down there. Now, again, this is coming from somebody else's point of view. That doesn't mean everyone is, right? We don't put everybody into that box. I need to be careful. Sometimes I have a, what we call a, a mouth, a foot and mouth disease. Open up mouth and insert foot. But listen, we need to be the best tippers. We, mean, we need to show kindness. We need to be the ones that go out of our way to help others. Sometimes we miss it. I, there's been times I've missed it, didn't have time. But, you know, we need to, like, you know, there was guys working out on, on a, a car over here. I stopped and said, hey, do you guys need help? But they, were, they already were helping this guy with the tire. We need to be the ones to help other people. How should we address ourselves other with thanksgiving and prayer? Are you thankful for the people in your life? Even the people that rub you the wrong way. That's not always easy. I'm not going to say it's even easy for me. Sometimes it's a, it's a grin and bear it, right? Kind of deal. You get down on your knees. Go, the Lord, just bless them. <laughs> right? You know what God does? He doesn't change their heart. He changes your heart. I remember one of my mentors told me this. I said, I said Pastor Dave, I... How do I know I've forgiven somebody? Because I don't feel like it. And he said, just believe in faith. Just keep speaking and start treating them right. Your feelings will catch up with your faith. Right. Start acting on it. Before you know it, it'll all fizzle away. Yeah. Finally, how should we address other, ourselves to others? With words of affirmation. Do you, do you say those things that build others up? Or do you say those things that tear down? Listen, none of us are perfect. Even, even for me, I'm a new pastor here, right? So I'm going to do some things that are, might be a little different. That's okay, because I'm a different person, right? Change is tough for all of us. I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Are you all sitting in the same spot you normally do? Yeah. Well, maybe one of these days I ought to mess with you and say, hey, everybody get up and move around. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how long I'd get through the message without being shot. <laughs> I didn't mean that in a bad way. It's because we're creatures of habit. We don't like change. And, and, and you know, moving down here, uh, there's, a, there's adjustments, right? Adjustments take time. But when we're praying for people, we need to pray affirming things. When we speak to people, again, I'm speaking to myself too. We need to catch ourselves. You know, the Bible talks about not slandering and gossiping. Are you saying things that are building people up or tearing them down? Remember, even the people that aren't believers are made in God's image. And, and uh, listen, uh, every time I preach on something, I get tested. <laughs> That's good, though. So with that said today, and I know I apologize for the overhead thing, and I, I'm still trying to figure this thing out, okay? Just be patient with us. But the main thing is this. Paul had a genuine concern for those believers in Philippi. Do you have a genuine concern about other believers? Do you know sometimes people are mad and angry because they're hurting? Yeah. There's stuff going on in their life that you might not be aware of. Maybe just going and saying, hey, can I have a cup of coffee with you? Can, can I bless you today? Goes a long ways. You never know what somebody's going through. With every head bowed, every eye closed here this morning. First of all, you can't really have joy in this life without Jesus. 
You can, you can talk the talk, but do you walk the walk? Do you know Jesus this morning? Are you saved? Do you know Jesus? Are you, are, are you born again? Have you given your life to him? There's going to be a day that you're going to have to give an account to God. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If, if you are not saved and you want to go to heaven, you want to be forgiven of your sins, you want to know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and you would like to get saved today, you'd like to make that commitment today, would you raise your hand? Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say something. Jesus says, keep your head bowed and every eye closed. In a minute, that person that raised their hand, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do something. It's called a step of faith. The Bible says, Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to take a step of faith and to come forward here in a minute. It's not here to embarrass you. This is a moment of witnessing to give your life to Jesus so that people know that you're surrendering your life to Jesus. Secondly, are you here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, I'm going through a difficult time right now and I needed to know that God is with me. I needed to know that he's going to finish the race with me. I needed that encouragement. I want to pray for you this morning. Are you here this morning? Would you raise your hand? Everybody's doing good this morning. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Dennis to play a little bit of piano. If you were the one that raised your hand this morning and you want to surrender your life to Jesus this morning, I'm going to ask that you take a step of faith and come down to the front so that we can pray together.
like for her to come down this morning. That's a step of faith. But listen, that's a beautiful thing. She's rededicated her life to Jesus. Remember what God has done for you. Remember we are entering into our, uh, enter into our harvest field. Reach people. Speak to them. Remind them about our Harvest Festival coming up. Listen, I'm not a big fan of, I don't like Halloween. I don't like, I don't, I love the, the candy and stuff. I just don't like the, but listen, we need to take back what the enemy has stolen. We need to stomp on his ground. So that's why we do those things. It's to reach kids and, you know, sending out pamphlets of saying, hey, put our church down, but also put the, 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 the message of salvation. You know, my business cards that I ordered, I put the ABCs of salvation on the back. Because when I share the gospel with people or I, I give them my card, I always like to ask them, do you know Jesus? Listen, this, these are eternal truths. Yeah. Can I share one more thing with you before I close? This is a normal pastor, right, going over. Like, I'll be real quick. I know we've gone over. If you ever take a rope and you put a little bit of black tape at the end of that rope, that black tape represents your life. But imagine that rope going on for eternity. That's eternity. That much is our life on earth is but a mist. For those that don't know Jesus, that's short. They need Jesus. For us that do know, Lord, let's do as much as we can for the amount of time that we have with him. Amen. I love you. If you need prayer, I'm here to pray with you. God bless you. Lord, bless those that raised their hand that needed help. Give them strength and encouragement. I love you guys. God bless you. Have a great week. And see you here tonight. Don't forget about Sunday nights, right? All right. Bless you. Take a miracle to wash me clean.